people said. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles real quickly. Turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 133. Psalm 119, 133. You know, times like this, you really, you really don't know what to do. I know, I know I've got truth, and I know, I know truth will never return void. Amen? We have been, we have been dealing with the subject of priorities. Priorities. What, what is important? A priority is simply this, something that is important. Uh, how many of y'all know we all have priorities? We all have priorities. We all have some things that are important to us. And, and the question is not, do we have them? The question is, where are they in order? Where are they in order? What happens is sometimes, and by the way, if y'all are on this side, I know you can't see this, but it'll be up on the screen. So uh, I, this is the only way I can figure out how to do what I wanted to do today. So just check out the screens and you'll be able to see it. Uh, sometimes we have our priorities out of order. Sometimes we've got places and things, it's not that they're bad things, it's they're bad because they're not in the right place. I had, a, I had a, a landscape guy that I worked with when I was in Bible college, and this is what he said, uh, the definition of a weed, the definition of a weed is simply an out-of-place plant. A plant that's out of place is a, a weed. In other words, as beautiful as a rose is, if it's not in the right place, it becomes a, a weed. And there can be good things in your life. There can be good things in your life that are great. But if they're out of place, they become a, a weed. And they become, a, a, and what, does, what do weeds do? Weeds constrict growth. Weeds constrict, uh, why, do you, why do you go in there and pick weeds out of your garden? Because it's going to hinder the growth of the garden and the production of the garden. So what I want to do today, it's very practical, it's very simple. Uh, uh, I knew I was going to be limited in time because of the, the things we needed to cover today. Uh, but, so I wanted to be very, very practical because it's very easy. How many of you guys are like me and you, you would prefer your wife just to make you a list? Just tell me what you want. Just write it down. Step one, step two, step three. Just let me write. Well, and, and, and how many of you have wives like, well, if I have to tell you, it doesn't count. Now listen, we all want it simple, don't we? Just give me a list. We can't read your mind. Just tell me what you want. We want the list. Well, today I'm going to write the list. I'm going to make it very, very simple of what should be important and where it should be in the list of your priorities. If that makes sense, say amen. Let's look at what it says here in Psalms 119, 133. Psalm 119, 133. If you found your spot, say amen. If you don't have your Bible, it should be up here on the screen. It says, order, order my steps in thy what? Thy word. Order my steps in thy word, and let not iniquity have dominion over me. Now what is he saying? He's saying, I want you to direct my life out of your word. What does it mean, order? Order means to put into place. Put into place. What are we putting into place? Our steps. The things we do in our life. The steps we take in our life. The decisions we make in our life. Uh, go into the word of God and get me and put me in 
order. All right, now why? Now why? Psalms 37, 23. Psalms 37, 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by who? Now watch this. And he delighteth in his way. He is the steps of a good man. The good man delighteth in the way of order the Lord lines out. Why, why do I go to God's Word so my steps can get in order? Why do I need my steps to be ordered by the Lord so I can delight in the ways? And when we get things out of order, there's chaos. What's the difference of order, or the, 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 the opposite of order? Chaos. What happens when we are living in chaos? It's not very delightful. Are y'all with me? Let's, let's pray and get started. Lord, help us today. Help us today to get some things in order. Help us today to, to put our priorities in the right place and in the right, uh, 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 the right frame of mind that we can, we can understand what we need to do and how we need to do it. And God, I'll praise you and I'll thank you. I'll give you glory and praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want you to, I want you to look at two. I want to give you two points, and then we'll talk about some of the ones underneath. All right? So number one, if we're going to talk about priorities today, the first thing I want you to write down is this. The order. The order of priorities. Getting things in the right order. The order of priorities. And I'm going to make the list. I'm going to just put it up here on this board. I'm going to put it up here on this board, and, and I think it's obvious I think it's obvious who gets first place. It is without question, God. Without question, God. God is first in order. All right? Where do we get that? Luke 14, 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What does that mean? The word hate there means to love less. In other words, what Jesus is saying is in your life, you have to love less everything. I have to be first. You have to love me more than your spouse. You have to love me more than your children. You have to love me more than your job and your career. You have to love me more than your mother and your father and your family. You have to love me, watch this, even more than your own life. Do you let me tell you why there are men today that are being rounded up and put in cages and dropped in swimming pools to drown them? Let me tell you why there's men that are being strapped to bombs and blowing. Listen, they're blowing them up. They're putting them in cars and shooting the cars with rockets. ISIS is destroying Christian men today. You know why? They will not deny Christ. They will not convert to Islam. And they're saying, I love Jesus Christ more than my own life. I will not deny Jesus. I will not back up on my faith because Jesus is the most important thing to me in my life. He comes first. Somebody say amen. They love Jesus more than their own life. Do you know what those guys are doing? They're living, breathing, perfect examples of a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know why? He's first. He's first in priority. He's first in importance. He's first when it comes to priority. Now, secondly, secondly, here's, here's, here's what I believe. Your spouse. Your spouse. If you're a man, that's your wife. If you're a woman, that's your husband. Amen? That's what that means. Your spouse comes second. Your spouse comes second. Now, you say, well, that's a, that's a no-brainer. 
careful, careful. Then we have kids or extended family. Now, here's what happens. This gets out of order. And I'm going to speak about that in more detail in just a minute. But, but, well, I tell you what, preacher, my kids are my life. That might be the problem. Because here we are investing more time in this than we are this. And, and what happens, and this is so, this happens all the time in America. It's, we, we have a, a relationship. Uh, we are together. Then all of a sudden kids come into the, come into the picture. And mother and father invest all their energy and all their time and all their effort into those kids for about 18 years of their life. And then by the 18th year, and that kid's long and gone, they turn around and look at each other and say, who are you? And, and you say, oh, why are there so many divorces after the empty nest? It's the empty nest. No, it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the empty nest. You became strangers over time because this was out of order. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. The greatest thing you could do for your kids. You say, well, I do that, I'll neglect my kids. The greatest thing you could do for your kids is have an awesome relationship with your spouse. Your kids need to see the parents smooching all the time. Are y'all with me? They need to see people in love with each other. They need to see people who are crazy about each other. They need to see people who are committed to one another. You know why? Because whatever they see modeled in front of them growing up, that's what they're going to look for. And if y'all are back crazy at home, they're going to go for a crazy person to marry. Amen. Amen? Listen. Kids. Kids. Now, then we have, then we have work. Then we have work. That's really important. Where do you get that from, preacher? <clears throat> the Bible says, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Well, that's awful harsh. That's Bible. Isn't it amazing that our government is smart enough to tell people, don't feed the bears at Yellowstone? Why do they do that? They got an issue against the bear? They hate bears? No. They've got enough sense to know that if you keep feeding the bears, the bear won't go look for his own food. And if the bear doesn't go look for his own food, he loses the ability to find his own food, and he will become helpless. And then he'll turn into a ward of the state. So Jesus says, don't hand out people stuff. If they can work, work. If not, don't feed them. Why? I tell you what, when you get hungry enough, you'll do anything. You let a brother get, oh, I don't think I'll work in ditches. You hungry enough, you'll, you'll climb right in that ditch. Say amen. We, we're supposed to work. Ladies, you don't need a sugar daddy. Men, you don't need a sugar mama. And ladies, if you got somebody that's leaning on you, and, 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 and look, look, go get somebody else. We, are, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves and not depend on someone else. Now, we know, now listen, don't get sideways. Well, I've got, I know about medical issues and that type of thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that can, that won't. 
Do we have enough sense? Are we all together on that? You know what I'm saying right there? All right. Work. That should be a priority. Providing for the family should be a priority. The Bible says if a man will not provide for his own, he's, he's denied the faith and worse than an infidel. That's what the Bible says. All right? Now, say it with me. Say it with me. Go with me. Watch this. This is going to blow your mind. Ministry. Which is the same thing. It's the same thing. Ministry. Now, there will be a lot of preachers that will get sideways with me about this and say, that's out of order. That's out. No, 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 no. That's, that's in perfect order. Here's, I, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people that want to do this, but they don't want to go do this, so they neglect this, and they want to say, I'm serving Jesus, but they don't pay their power bill. Now, your first ministry is right here. Here's the thing. If you neglect this, and you don't do this, and you try to do this, you have no integrity. And without integrity, you can't accomplish this. You're being mean. No, I'm not. I'm just being truthful. Our for, here's what I, I was told when I first started ministry. Preachers, you can win the world. And if you lose your family, you failed. Our first responsibility, our first ministry is right here. Y'all with me? Right here. This is it. Now, here's what happens, especially with preachers. My dad's in the, in the audience, so he can, he, can, he can testify to this, that this is, this is such a difficult thing. Sometimes there's a fine line between this and this. Sometimes, and I, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed to say this, there's been times that I've neglected my family for sake of ministry. And in my mind, I was honoring God. In my mind, I was putting God first, but I wasn't. I was serving the church, not the Christ. And, and listen, it's very easy to do that because we've got to learn the order of priority. Say it with me again. That's it. That's it. Now watch. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get to the nice part. How do, how do we do this? How do we do this? You see, you see, sometimes, sometimes, well, let's, 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 let's get to the verse. Let's get to the verse. John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4, verse 13. <clears throat> I want you to see the operation of priorities. How, how do we... How do we do this? John chapter 4, verse 13. This is the story of when Jesus was sitting at the well. And, and, and you remember the woman comes to the well. Jesus asked for a drink of water. And, and, and she couldn't believe she, he was actually asking her. And, and, and then Jesus said, well, if you knew who you was talking to, you'd ask me. And I, mm, are y'all with me? That's the story. Watch this. John 4, 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Say that with me. Shall be in him a well of water. What's that next word? Say it again. Say it again. Springing up into everlasting life. Do you realize the moment you got saved, you got a spring? God put something down in you 
that is supposed to spring forth out of you. Now, how does that work? How does that work? I'm glad you asked. Watch this here. In Proverbs, in Proverbs, look here. In Proverbs uh, chapter 4, he says, my son. Now, now watch this. You got to get this. You got to get how this works. My son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Watch. Let them, the words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine what? All right, so we take the word, we take God and put him in our, our heart, right? Y'all with me? We, in other words, we put in, we invest, we put in God's word in our, watch, watch, watch. For they, the word, they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy, now where'd you just put the word? In your heart. He says, keep it, guard it, watch over it with all diligence. Why? For out of it. You just put something in it. Now he's saying something's going to come. Does that make sense? He says, put the word in it, and then watch what's going to come out of it. Out of it are the... In... Everything you need to perform and operate and be productive in life will come out of your heart from the things that you put in it. Now watch. Let me, let me, let me illustrate it. How many of y'all remember last week when we were talking about Jesus in Mark chapter number 1? Mark chapter number 1, cool chapter, man. I'm telling you, this is, this is everyday life if it's not anything. In Mark chapter number 1, you find Jesus being baptized. He is called into the ministry. He's going forth to fulfill his calling. He is baptized. John Baptist is put in prison. He begins to preach and teach the gospel. He chooses his disciples. And I mean he's preaching, he's teaching, he's reaching. He goes into the church, he goes into the temple, and he teaches. And as soon as he does, there comes somebody full of the devil. He casts them out, he fixes them, heals them right up. And now church is over, and he's going to Peter's house to chill out. Say amen. He's been going, 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 going. And now he's off the clock. Church is over. Let's go get a sandwich. Amen. That's Baptist if I ever knew it. Say amen. Gets to Peter's house. As soon as he gets to Peter's house, they come to him with a problem. Say, look, man, my mother-in-law's sick, and I need some help. And, and, and Jesus heals the mother-in-law. And when they see that, they start gathering people. They are bringing people from all over the city. And here he is, off the clock, supposed to be getting a sandwich, and now he's healing. Everybody wants his attention. Everybody wants him and is grasping at him and pulling at him. And up into the night, they're bringing everybody that's sick, and he's healing up into the night. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like in your life, every, every time you turn around, somebody wanted something? Something was pulling at you? A schedule or an activity or an obligation. It, you could not rest. You could not turn your head. And, man, you thought you was going to die. You were just overloaded and overwhelmed. Can you relate to that? What did Jesus do? We want, we want to uh, get... Uh, cow gone and take us away. Some people resort to popping pills. Some people get so overwhelmed and overloaded, they start drinking or taking drugs. 
Some people go into illicit affairs because it's a, a release from real life. But what did Jesus do? The Bible says early in the morning, he got up a great while before day and went to a solitary place. And there he met with his father. What did he do? He did what Proverbs was talking about. He met with his father and prayed. Now watch what happens. This is real life. Watch what happens. Here come the disciples. Been looking for him. Finally find him. Man, where have you been? We've got a whole list of people. They're waiting. It says, all men seek for thee. Hey, we got a bunch more sick people. Hey, chop, 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 chop. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We got stuff to do. You know what Jesus said? What Jesus say? No. Have you ever wished you had the strength just to say no? He said, no, not today. He said, I've got to go to the next town. I've got to go to the next city. I've got to preach the gospel. You know what he did? He did that. You know what he had in order? Y'all awful quiet. What did he have in order? But how was he able to do that? Spent time with his father. So spending time with his father, he got wisdom to know when to say when. He got wisdom to know what to say yes to. He got strength to have the ability to say it. Now let me ask you a question. Now let's think about it in how hard do you think it was for the healer to say no to a sick person? Let's be real. Let's be real. One of the hardest words in my, in my life that I've ever had to learn in ministry is no. I can't. I can only do so much. Jesus in his humanity, he got the strength that he needed from his father to say, now watch. He said, what does that have to do with this? Here's how I want you to look at this. Can I have a picture of my fountain? Can you put that up there? This is how this works. This is how this works. <clears throat> Isn't that lovely? How many of y'all saw one of these when you was a little kid at a wedding and was fascinated? I thought this was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And y'all, y'all ain't going to believe this, they got them with chocolate in them now. You see at the very top of that thing? Here's, here's the second point, and if you'll write this down, I believe it'll help you. I want you to see the operation, the operation of priorities. We, we talked about the order. We see the order they need to be in, but how do we minister and bless all of them and give them all what they deserve? It starts with this. Do you see the very top of that thing? There is a flow that comes from the top. Think about it. There is a flow. Say that with me. There is a that comes from the, the top. You remember that spring that he was talking about welling up? Watch. The Bible says, the Bible says in John 4, Whosoever drinketh this water, there shall be in him a well of water springing up. Listen, the proverb said, put in, because when you put the word in, 
then the issues of life, in other words, everything you need to, 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 to do life comes out of that. So what do we do? We go to the source. We go up above. We go and do what Jesus did. When Jesus was overwhelmed, when Jesus was overworked, when Jesus was flooded with everything in this world and responsibilities and obligations and people pulling at him from every side, the first thing he did was go to the source. He got away from everybody. He got into a solitary place where it was just him and his father, and he received what he needed from up above. And all God's people say it. Now watch. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Watch this. Watch this. This is how this, this, is, how this is supposed to work. This is how this is supposed to work. All right. Now, how many of y'all know God wants us, God wants to be involved in every area of our life? How many of y'all remember me saying that? God is just not one priority, one of many. He is the priority, and he helps us with all of this. Y'all with me? Watch this. This is how this works. We go to God. We go to God, and we receive a flow of power. We receive a flow of energy. We receive a flow of strength and a flow of wisdom and a flow of help. We come to him and say, God, help me with my day. Help me with my responsibilities. Help me with my priorities. And we receive from him what we need. And as we do it, when we, help me, help me, help me. Help, my, my, my picture, my picture. Uh, yes, 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 yes. There is a flow that comes from the top. And when it fills up the first level, what happens? A flow becomes a overflow. Do you get it? What does it say in Psalms 23? My cup. Do you know God's not a wasteful God? God doesn't waste anything. Why you want, why you, why's your cup running over? What did he do? What did he do when he fed the 5,000? And they broke the bread and they broke the fish. You know what he said? Pick up every fragment that remaineth. He does not waste anything. And if there is a cup overflowing, there is a reason for that. God is saying, I want you to come to me. And I want you to come to me for strength. I want you to come to me for wisdom. I want you to come to me for tenacity. I want you to come to me for power. I want you to come to me for ability. I want you to come to me for anointing. And I'm going to pour it on you. And when I pour it on you, it's going to overflow. And it's going to flow over into your other priorities. So what does that mean? That means that I go to God and I get in the flow. Say amen. I come to God and I say, God, I need help and strength and encouragement and power. And I am supposed to invest in my spouse what I get from God. My wife's crazy. What are you investing in her? What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you receiving from God to give to her? get out of it hello come on come on come on you get out of it what you and vice versa ladies now watch but this is what happens this is what happens men men we go to God and say I need some help I need some help how many men do I got some men in here any men in here come on men I got some men in here we go to God and say, help. We need some help. 
You know what? You get energized. And God gives you strength. You come to church and God gives you help. And, and, and this is what we men do. We'll take what we get from God and go to work. We'll go to work and we'll use up what we got. Because work's tough. Work's hard. Work's difficult. And we'll go use up. And then, and then this is what happens. We use up all of it. Or the majority of it. And then we come back home. And you know what? You know what she gets? Leftovers. You know why she gets leftovers? Because we're out of order. We come home. We hadn't seen her. We hadn't spent time with her. And she's supposed to get the best of us. And we're exhausted, we're wore out, been cussed out, and all this kind of stuff, and all we want is a recliner, a ham sandwich, and the remote control. I need a witness. So basically, every day of our life, your spouse gets your... Now, I'm, 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 I'm okay with cold pizza. Every now and then. But every now and then, I'd like some prime rib. Do I have a witness? Your wife deserves your best. What are you giving your wife? The best that you're receiving from God or men? Say it, men. Ladies, I'm not going to leave you out. I know you appreciate that. Ladies, we, we come to God and say, God, help us. Do I have a witness, ladies? We go to God and say, please help us. Man, i got so much to do. I've got so much to do. And most of the time, this is what happens. This is what happens. We go right to our kids. And the, and the kids get the best of our time. The kids get the best of our energy. The kids get the best of everything. And, and then by the time uh, uh, Leroy comes home, So basically, mama and daddy are living off leftovers. Work is getting the best, and the kids are getting the best. So 18 years later, after living off of 18 years of leftovers, we don't even know who each other is. You say, well, hey, this is hard. I know it. But this is fact. This is fact. This is why, this is why we have over a 50% divorce rate. One out of every two people are getting a divorce in America. This is why. Well, I, 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 I'm going to neglect little John. No, no, no. You don't understand. You don't understand. The greatest thing you could do for your kids is to invest in your spouse. The greatest thing you could do is give the best years. Because this is how this works. Look, watch this. Watch this. Uh, 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 fountain, 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 fountain. Do you notice something about this fountain? At each level, at each level, it gets bigger. Do you notice that? The overflow gets more. So what happens? 
So what happens? This is, this is literally what happens. This is what happens. We think, we think we've got to do this instead of this. Men, we've got to do this. Instead. And, and what we don't realize is it, it, this is how this works. We go to God, go from God, go to our spouse. When we go to, from God to our spouse and, and everything's great with our spouse, guess what everything's great with? The kids. When, when, when everything's good at home, man, you can go to work. Do you know what? A great home life will change your work atmosphere. Do you know how bad it is at work when you know you're going to hell at home? When you're going home, all day you're thinking about, when I get home, when I get home, she's going to be a grouch, I'm going to be mean, the kids are going to be ignorant, the dog's going to be stupid, say amen. And if I know it's going to be weird at home, guess what it makes work? A misery. But what if it's great at home? What if you know when you get home, there's going to be some smooching going on? Say amen. You know it's a great atmosphere. You know she can't wait for you to get home. You can't wait to get home. The, dad, the children are excited to see you. Man, it's going to change. It's going to make this go by fast. Because the better it is here, the better it will be here. The better it will be here, the better it will be here. I need a witness. But the devil will say, oh, if you put too much here, you're not going to have enough. No, no, no. It gets bigger as it goes. You know what this is all about? This is simply about trusting God and making a choice to put the right thing in the right place. If we'll trust God and we'll line up the way he wants us to line up, he'll take care of this, he'll take care of this, he'll take care of this, and he'll sure take care of this. Is any of this easy? No. I wish it was. I wish it was. But the thing is, It'll never change till we start somewhere. We've got to change sometime, somewhere. Somebody's got to make a decision. It starts with me. I'm going to God, and I'm going to get what I need. And then I'm going to make sure my spouse has the best of me. Has the best of me. She deserves more than my leftovers. He deserves more than your leftovers. Listen. Your children and family need to be more important to you than work. So how do you illustrate that? Because you've got to work. And I, I get that. But I have seen people sacrifice this for this. If all you ever do is work your whole life, I don't care what you can buy your kids. If they never see you, what, what good is it? I guarantee your kid would rather you be on the field throwing a ball with him than riding in a Lamborghini. You asked him. Them kids don't want your stuff. They want you. Well, not mine. You don't know mine. That's because you've always given them stuff and they've never had you, so they don't know how good you are. Y'all with me? Let's, let's, get, let's get things right. Let's get things in order. Let's put God where he truly deserves to be, not just deserves to be, where you need him to be. Because, see, you remember what we said last week? If God is not first, he is usually And if he's last in your life, guess who has to come up with the ability and the energy and the strength and the wisdom to handle all the rest of this? Because how many of y'all know this don't go away? But if you put him first, you're going to be operating in his power and his energy and his strength and his favor and his touch.
Amen. Y'all still love me? Great. Let's go do this stuff. Let's don't just hear it and say, that was a cool lesson. Let's go, let's go make sure our spouses know they're number one. Let's go make sure our kids know that they're more important to us than the rest. Let's go to work and, and, and be responsible so that we can have integrity to do the ministry. Are y'all with me? Let us stand. Lord, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all that you do. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to, to get things in the right order. Get things in the right place. Help us to, to have the wisdom to choose the right thing in the right time and the right place. Help us to put our spouses where they truly deserve to be. God, I, I don't want Tammy to just have my leftovers. God, I don't want her to resent ministry and resent everything else in my life because all I'm giving her is my leftovers. Please help us in this area. Lord, you have the ability to meet our needs. And I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. You need help with this stuff? Come on. Say, preacher, I need help with this priority stuff. Come on. Let's talk to God. Let's do what Jesus did. Jesus rose a great while before day and he spent time with his Father. Come on and pray. Say, God, help me put my priorities where they need to be. Would you trust him today? Jesus. Look at this. Without him, and without him, how lost I would be. Lost I would be. Jesus said, "With me, all things are possible. Without and me, without you can do him, nothing. I could do nothing. Without him, I surely without him, I surely fail. And without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. And a little while right now in our giving. We're just going to show God what He means to us and how we appreciate who He is and what He's done in our lives. So let's let's pray and ask God to bless our offering, our tithes, and our, our missions giving and our building fund. 
Let's just give as God has commanded us to. What are we doing now, preacher? We're putting him first. Just like we're putting him in the issues of life, we're going to put him first in priority in our finances. So let's do that right now. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. God, I pray that your perfect will be done. Bless this offering. Use it for your glory. And bless those that give.